Hallelujah, our God. Is he your God? Amen. He's my God too. <laughs> He's everybody's God. Does everybody feel left out? No. no, because he has room enough for all of us. Praise God. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to minister to your people. I thank you that as we come before you, Lord, that you will uh, enrich my heart and my lips to be able to speak your words and to touch your people according to your heart. In Jesus' name I pray and all agreed said, amen. So we're in the final week of our three-part series called Who You Are in Christ. And there's some exciting things about who you are in Christ. And uh, I listed a, 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 10 of them already, and my wife says, well, how can you, you know, cover all the things that we are in Christ? I said, well, that is pretty hard to do, to cover everything that there is in Christ. But we, I listed 25 things that are in Christ, and so we're going to do it as a kind of a review. I don't see her back there right now. <laughs> where, where is she in Christ? I don't know. <laughs> She's on a break, huh? Yeah, okay. Uh, all right. So I have some, uh, I have some I'm, I'm going to do the review, and then I'm going to have some readers. So I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm going to have you guys participate a little bit. How about that? I said I'm going to have you guys participate a little bit. How about that, right? Okay. So here's the first five. It says, I am loved. I am accepted. I am a child of God. I am a friend of God, and I'm an heir with Jesus. All pretty good stuff, isn't it? Now, here's the question for you all. Which one of those do you like the most? Which one of those touches you and say, you say, you know, that is good. That's the one I really can grab hold of, really can believe in. Anybody? What's one? Which one? I am a child of God. And why do you like that one? Because as a parent, you're always looking after your kids. As a parent, you're always looking after because you're a parent and you've got a bunch of kids. So you know that as much as you take care of them, you want, you want God to take care of you the same way. Of course, he'll do a better job than you do, but thank God that he is there for us. Praise God. All right, let's look at the next one. And uh, who's my, uh, this is yours, I think, right? Who you are in Christ. I am united and I am one spirit with him. I am the temple of Holy Spirit. I am a member of Christ's body. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am forgiven of all my sins. Okay. Out there in the crowd. My wife says I should be a, 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 you know, a, what do they call it? Game show host, you know. To go around and talk to people and it's kind of like the Tonight Show. You know the Tonight Show when they went in the audience and everything? So who, wh which one uh, of those touches you the most? Any? Excuse me. Let, let me come out here to the audience. Uh, could you stand up, please? No, I mean the one we are in air with. I'm, I'm interviewing you. Oh, okay. Okay. Can you tell us your name? Joanne Cook. <laughs> where, where are you from, Joanne? West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so which one do you like the best? Well, the prior list. No, no, in oh. this list right here. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Okay. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You're redeemed because you play that song, right? Right. I am redeemed. And why yeah. is that important to you? Because Christ shed his blood for me on the cross. So I'm redeemed. I'm saved. 
I'm born again only because of what Jesus did on the cross when he shed his blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Amen. Good answer, because I like the last one. I am forgiven of all my sins because I, though I have many, <laughs> God has forgiven us of all of them, past, present, and future. Anybody going to commit any future sins? Anybody going to? Not here. Not, in this, not this crowd, right? Not in the next 30 minutes, though. You're going to be okay. Okay. So let's see. Our next, uh, our next reader was uh, Tissa, right? I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. I am chosen to bear fruit. I have been given exceeding great and precious promises. God is always with me and will never leave me or forsake me. There it is. God works in me to help me do the things he wants me to do. Okay. We didn't have that up right away, but okay. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's a good thing. I am chosen to bear fruit. I have been given exceeding great and precious promises. God is always with me and will never leave me or forsake me. God works in me to help me to do the things he wants me to do. Who, who, who wants to answer that one? What, what uh, is the most touching thing or thing that makes the... Yes, Maggie. I have been given exceeding great and precious promises. Um, these have helped me through um, storms and have helped me help my children. Amen. Amen. Did you say, you're going to say something? Else? No. Can't top that, huh? Can't touch that. Because she, ha we have exceeding great and precious promises. Maggie said, I've tapped into them. I've gotten them in my life and it, they've helped me through. The one I like on that one is I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. What a great place to sit right next to the throne room of God, ne next to the throne of God in heavenly places. Praise God. Okay, I think we have to go up one to get to the last one, right, babe? Okay, and that is uh, Norma. Is that yours? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go to where it says, God gives me wisdom. There it is. God gives me wisdom for whatever I need. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have the mind of Christ. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. The Lord guards my going and my coming. So which one do you like on that? The no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yeah. You've had some weapons formed against you, right? <laughs> and they didn't prosper. You overcame them. By the blood of the Lamb. I like God gives me wisdom. I need wisdom in, in how to deal things. That's yours too, Gina? I need or whatever I need to speak or whatever I need to do to guide me. I need his wisdom in everything, every day. How has he helped you in the past? He's helped me with my children, give me wisdom concerning my children and my, and I, my job and things and people that I need to deal with. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> How about this guy right here? Yeah. Yeah, give me wisdom too. <laughs> <laughs> so, amazing promises of who we are in Christ right? We're, we're just not ordinary people, but we have someone behind us that's guiding, directing us, helping us, giving us strength, giving us power. We have to know that and tap into it and ask him to come help me 
when I'm dealing with situations that I can't deal in my own self. Amen? You have to know who you are in Christ. And we're going to show you a couple of things on how to do that as well. Also, I like that uh, being a new creature in Christ because that means we don't have to be the same way we used to be all of our lives. We don't have to give in temptation. We don't have to think the same way we used to think anymore. We have a new life. We are a new creation in Christ. Praise the Lord. So let's look at this, uh, these scriptures here. Revelation 5.10 says, You have been made kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That sounds pretty good. Have, have you ever known a king? I don't know any kings. Have you ever known any king? You ever been to England or meet, met the queen? Or, yeah, king Elvis? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not... <laughs> I mean a real king that's got a crown on his head. Amen? Uh, but this is talking about the millennium where when Jesus comes back after we've been raptured, he, he's going to... Christians are going to reign a thousand years on the earth. A thousand years, and we're going to be in charge of cities, and uh, up to ten cities, and we're, uh, the faithful are going to be kings and priests and rulers. But it does, doesn't just start then. It starts now, because look at this next scripture right here. In 1 Peter 5, 9, it says, You are a chosen generation, a royal what? Priesthood, a holy nation, his only special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So first, we're a priest. Now, what does a priest do? Not the Catholic priest, but just a priest. A priest in the Old Testament. Priests in the Old Testament collected all the prayers, all the requests of the people, and brought them up to the Lord. That's what a priest would do. Then he would get the answers from the Lord and bring it back down to the people. That's what you guys do to me. You call me up, say, Pastor, pray, 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 pray. <laughs> I pray, and somehow God hears, and he gives you the answer, and you call back and go, oh, yeah, everything's fine, Pastor. Thank you for your prayer. But you can do that yourself, right? You have been made priests to go up to God and offer sacrifices. Look at this, the picture here, the next uh, slide. You, that's you. you. You can be the faithful high priest to lift up the request of yourself and those in your family, those in your neighborhood, and call into God. I don't know what he's lifting up right there, but he's doing something good. And, and we can do that when we go into our prayer room and pray unto God. God hears our prayers and gives us answers. Do you remember the times when you didn't know what to do and you prayed to God and God brought you the answer? And you go like, Wow. How did that happen? And you know what? It's so subtle. Sometimes it's not this big booming voice. Sometimes it's just a small voice or just this little inclination to do this or to call that person or do this. And God says, I will make you a priest. You can go up and you can, you can call upon the name of the Lord and he will answer us. Praise God. Amen. So we've been made priests. Now I can remember... Uh, dear friend of ours, Floyd Miller, he's no longer with us. He went up to be with the Lord. He was pastoring a church in Los Angeles, and he said, I'm going up to the prayer mountain, and I'm going to be praying, and so let me collect all your prayer requests. And so he collected all the prayer requests of the congregation, and he went up and he prayed. And you know what the Lord said to him? 
He said, you got all these prayer requests. Now, I have a request of you and your congregation. He says, I need 20,000 souls. He says, I'll grant these requests, but I need you guys to go out and bring in souls. So he came back and told his congregation, guess what, guys? I got good news and bad news. <laughs> good news is your prayers are answered. The bad news is you got to work. <laughs> and he, he, he set out on a campaign. Every Saturday, they went house to house, door to door, and called on people, and they actually did collect 20,000 salvations. It took them like five or six years, but they did it. So when you go to God and you ask for something, he might request something of you. He might require that you do some things for him. It's not just a one-way street like gimme, gimme, gimme. It's more like, can we, you know, talk about this, have a relationship? Praise the Lord. Amen. Does that change your, your thinking a little bit? Okay, let's look at this now, scripture in Romans 5, 17, talking about kings, and we're going to stay here a little bit. For if by one man's offense death reigned through, the, through one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will, what? Reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Are you reigning in life? Do you feel like a king out here or do you feel like a victim? <laughs> do you feel like you're getting beat up <laughs> or do you feel like you're a king? Both. Sometimes up, sometimes down, right? Kings reign. What do kings do? Do they work in the garden? Do they? They rule. And how do they rule? They say things, right? They declare a thing. Let's look at this scripture right here. Talking about Job, it says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. This is even in the Old Testament. God said, you shall declare, you speak into existence something that's supposed to happen. When a king says, okay, I want all my 125 cars washed on Saturday, does he go out there and wash them? He has somebody do it for him, right? When you decree a thing, God says, I have angels that will hearken unto the voice of my word, which is your word, and when you speak it, the angels go forth and do something for you. Come on, talk to me. Yeah. Amen? You are kings. And priests, I can, and angels minister to those that are heirs of salvation. They minister for you. Isn't that good news? I can remember this guy uh, at our, our, our first church. He was an elder, and he was having a problem with the IRS, and they weren't handling his claim. And he had done it for like two or three years, and he came to me, and he said, you know, Pastor, what, what, what can I do about this? I go, let's decree a thing. <laughs> let's call the angels into uh, into existence and into working it on your behalf. And we prayed, and lo and behold, two months later, they call him up and they settled the case. Why? I don't know. Have you ever had... <laughs> you ever had a stack of papers on your desk and somehow the paper, you know, got to the top? You've had that experience? <laughs> God can make papers... And, 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 you know, he can just make people aware of a situation on their desk, in their paperwork. And we ask the angels to go forth and change the paperwork, bring it into, uh, you know, the person's mind. And he got it settled within two months. He would wait two or three years. Now, two months, what's the difference? He decreed a thing, and it happened. 
Are there some things that are holding you up? Some things that have been held back and you haven't seen them come to fruition? God said, you, do, you start speaking to it. Speak to the mountain. Amen? And things will happen. Praise the Lord. So let's look at this uh, next scripture because there's more than just uh, saying it. You have to believe it when you say it. Here's what it says in 2 Corinthians 4.13. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. See, if you don't believe it, you're not going to say it. But if you believe it, you're going to say it. Right? Bible says what? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When people say something, they believe it. Sometimes they believe the wrong thing. They say things. They go, oh, I didn't mean that. You said it. <laughs> can't take it back. <laughs> it's out there. You can't unscramble eggs, can you? <laughs> Think about that a minute. <laughs> so when you say something, you're supposed to Believe it, and you're supposed to decree a thing. I can remember when my wife and I were waiting for an insurance claim, and uh, they called us up and they said, well, you know, we can't, we're not going to honor that. It's been two or three years, and it's over, and that's not going to happen. So we declared a thing. We said, we believe, Lord, that you're going to give us $500 this month. We're believing it believing that you uh, will do it, you will provide for us. And sure enough, they called us, and they, they didn't even call us. They just sent us a check for $535. Why? I declare, I needed it, yeah. <laughs> you know, need really brings out your desire to pray harder. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> you know, and so we were needing it and praying, and God ministering angels. How did he bring up that case that was two or three years old? The angels got in there and started whispering to the people. You know, the devil whispers to you. You know that? Don't listen. I'm telling tell you, don't listen to the devil. Listen to the angels. And the angels will tell you. I've had people send me money from Atlanta, Georgia, that I hadn't seen in two or three years because I was asking the Lord for some money. And he just sent it to me. Why? Angels are speaking to him. And I think it's dangerous to, to have friends that are strong Christians because they'll make you do things that you don't really want to do. They'll make you help you. They'll, they'll help you move. They'll help you. They'll give you. You, you want to give them money. You want to do things for them that you normally wouldn't want it to do. But God is ministering through us, and when you do those things, God rewards you openly, and He rewards you mightily when you hearken into His voice. Because see, He's stuck in heaven. Did you know that God is stuck in heaven? His Holy Spirit's here on the earth, and to have when somebody is praying for something, who's He going to use? He's going to use us. But he has to use the word of God and the angels to minister to the people so that they will actually go out and do what they're supposed to do. That's supposed to happen. That's been requested. Praise God. Okay, so you have to imagine you're a king. Can you put in your imagination hat on for a little bit? Here, here we go. Let's look at this uh, picture. There's the throne room. Doesn't that look good? I can see you there, Allie. Right there. Bam. Does that look good for you? That, that more your, that's your style? That's the way we got to think about ourselves, that we're, it, we're kings in the throne room ready to declare something. This is Buckingham Palace. Isn't that beautiful? Praise the Lord. But we, we're supposed to do exceeding, I mean, God's supposed to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So there's nothing that we uh, can even declare 
or say that he won't demonstrate in a greater manner. So we have to put our, we have to use our imaginations for good. Imagine yourself in heaven at the throne room. I do this all the time. I'm at home in the morning and I get up and I said, Lord, I just want to dance with you. I just want to be with you and just dance and just worship you and praise you because the Bible says that he's dancing. He's dancing over and rejoicing over us with singing. So I do that. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Amen. You think he, he's happy with that? Of course he's happy with that. People look at me, okay, you're kind of foolish looking, but you know what? That's what David's wife said. You look like a fool out there. And he said, I'd be even more foolish for my God. Bible says he danced his clothes off. Not all of his clothes, but I think his outer garment, you know, was, came off. You don't want to go out there and dance naked. That would be not good. <laughs> People be like, that's a strange religion right there. <laughs> so, so we have to feel comfortable being in the throne room to declare a thing. And know when you say it, God hears it. Because when I'm worshiping him, he comes and he ministers and he, I can feel his presence and I know he's there with me. And so then I can say things because I know he's with me, he's, he hears me. But we have to feel comfortable. Let's look at this next slide. These guys, do they look comfortable in the throne room? No, it looks like they just wandered in off the street or something. Like, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to say? How are we supposed to act? What's happening here? That's the way some of us are, you know? Tragedy comes, we go, I don't know what to do. We're lost. I, I don't know. <laughs> they, they just don't look like they're supposed to be there, do they? Now, so you have to be, you have to imagine more. And, you know, you find the will of God, you proclaim it, and you believe that God is going to do it. Now, I have, a, I have an imagination. I tell my son, I like things rich. I mean, Buckingham Palace was nice, but look at this next uh, throne room. Now, that's more my style. <laughs> I mean, that is rich upon rich, where it's so glorious and glistening, and that's the way it is in heaven. That's where you are. You're seated together with Christ in heavenly places, and we're supposed to decree. We're supposed to say things. Praise the Lord. You like that? You're checking it out? That'd be a nice little hallway in, in my, my house in heaven. Praise, good. Praise God. Now, let, let, me, let me get into this with you a little bit. Um, oh, no, no, don't, don't, don't go there yet. There, there is an experiment called the Rice Experiment. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's on the Internet, very popular. It's called the Rice Experiment, where this guy and many other people have taken three bowls of rice, and they put them all, they line them up, put them all in different rooms, right? And in the first room, he would say nice things to the rice. He'd say, I love you, rice. You look so pretty, nice and fluffy. I'm glad you're here. You're, a wonder, you're wonderful, rice. Then he'd go to the middle, middle room and just open the door and look in and not say anything. Then he'd go to the last room and he'd go in there and he goes, I hate you, rice. I never did like you. You look, you look ugly. You're ugly, Rice. And he would do this for 30 days, every day. I love you, Rice. You're beautiful. Nothing. And I hate you. <laughs> 
I don't want you here. <laughs> you look ugly. And so let's see what happened after 30 days. Here's the slide. The love you rice looks the same. It's good. It's, it's fluffy. The nothing rice, well, you know, it's just starting to deteriorate. But the hate you rice is starting to mold, starting to look ugly, starting to look bad. This is rice. How do you think it affects people when you talk that way? When you tell your kids, I love you, you're wonderful children, I think you're going to do great at school today, you have the mind of Christ, you're good learners, go out and do well, mama loves you, daddy loves you. Or if you say nothing, you just kind of leave them, you know, in between. A little bad happens, but when you hate them, when you say things like, Ah, you're just not that good. You're not that smart. You're not that intelligent. But, you know, do the, don't get into trouble today. Whatever you do, just because you're, you're, you get into trouble a lot, you're bad, just, you know, stop <laughs> talking. <laughs> stop texting. <laughs> stop using your cell phone at church. <laughs> you're in the last category here. <laughs> What do you think happens? The kids absorb whatever you say. How about when you talk to your friends or your spouses and you say, you know, you talk to your spouse, I'm, I'm just not that happy. I thought you'd be a little more, more successful. <laughs> this house is not as exciting as I thought it would be. This life with you is not as good as I thought it would be. But go on to work and do the best you can. As opposed to, I just love you, honey. Thank you for providing for us. I know we don't have everything, but I love you. You're so wonderful. God's going to bless us. Go on with the blessing of the Lord. Much better, right? And, 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 the, and the, the husband, well, honey, where's, where's the food today? <laughs> where's dinner? <laughs> I left you here all alone and nothing, no food. Or you come home and you go, honey, you must have had a hard day today. Let me help you. Let's go out to eat. Let's, let's enjoy ourselves because I love you, right? The words that we say make a difference in our life. And Jesus, he knew this. He had power in his words because remember when the fig tree, he had the fig tree and uh, he was walking with his disciples and he saw the fig tree and it had some leaves and he was going to go and get some fruit off the leaves. And he went and he found no fruit. And what did he say to the fig tree? You'll never have fruit again forever. Right? He cursed it. The next day the disciples went by and they looked at the fig tree and they go, Jesus, look at the fig tree that you cursed has dried up at the root. And what did Jesus do? Oh, man, look at that. That's amazing. What a prayer that was. Wow. I can't believe that actually happened. Is that what he said? No. He said, boys, let's see what he said. Oh, here's the fig tree. Look at this. They're amazed. He goes, man, that whole thing dried up in a night, in one night. That's power. You know, I've done it with our flowers at, at, at home. You, have, you done, have you talked to your flowers? 
You talk to them, right? Yeah. They respond, right? Yours, Norman, no? Huh? <laughs> you, can't, you can't say the hate thing to them. Oh, okay. Oh, you ignore them. So they're in the middle. Okay. <laughs> you know, when we were trying to keep the flowers alive here, uh, week after week when we were putting them in there, I would talk to them. Okay, guys, you got to go another week. You got to stay flowery now. <laughs> you guys are doing good. Stay strong. You look pretty. D week, day after day, week after week, and they stayed for a long time. But when it got hot, too hot, it was too much for them. But they, they fought as best they could. <laughs> so when I plant flowers today, you know, still I say, okay, guys, this is your new home. <laughs> I want you to flower. I want you to bud. I want you to have fun. Okay? Enjoy yourself. I'll water you. I'll be here. <laughs> I'm glad the neighbors can't hear me. <laughs> that guy's nuts over there. <laughs> so, so the disciples were amazed. Man, that fig tree dried up at the root. So here's what he said to them. Last scripture today. Uh, the next slide. He said, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. It could be translated, have the faith of God. What is the faith of God? This is what you have. What is the faith of God? Eh, time's up. Uh, he's going to explain right here. For assuredly, so what did he just do? What did Jesus just do? He said, have the God kind of faith. What did he just do? He cursed or he spoke to the fig tree. Didn't Jesus speak to things? He spoke to the sea. He spoke to, what else did he speak to? Well, he spoke to the fig tree. And he said, I, assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, not says to God, but says to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he, what? Says. Not what he believes, but what he says will be done. He shall have whatever he, what? Says. Do you see how many times he says says? What part does saying have to do with our believing? It's got everything to do with it. I believe, therefore I have spoken. When you start speaking the situations, things change. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So let's go back up to verse 23. Assuredly, what does assuredly mean? For sure. For sure. I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says... He will be done, not shall or maybe, will be done. He will have whatever he... Is this plain enough or not? So here's my question. Are you happy with what you're saying? Are you happy with the life that you have? Or do you need to speak to it and recreate a new image, a new picture? Because the way God created the world was what? He spoke it. He didn't just wink. He didn't just do bewitched and, you know, do his nose. <laughs> he spoke. He said, let there be light, right? Let there be animals. Let there be fish. He spoke it. So guess what? 
He framed the world by his words. We have to frame the world by our words. If you're not happy with what you're seeing, change the picture by speaking to it. Amen? I wish we could speak to our TV like that and say, change channel three, change channel four. <laughs> We'd be all over the place. I guess there, there probably is, there is one that can do that, huh? I, I used to like the clap when you could clap and turn the lights off. Do you remember those? The only problem was you have to clap so hard, you almost wake you up just to clap. You have to just get off. <laughs> so I know my wife is believing for some things, and she's speaking to them. She's speaking to the situation continually, not just once, but continually. The Bible says that the woman with the issue of blood, she continually said, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Day after day, she kept saying it. My wife's been saying it day after day. And what was the word that the Lord told you? He said, what you have spoken will come to pass. He spoke that to her. What you are speaking is going to come to pass. It's a reassurance that he's not ignorant. He's not, uh, you know, so far removed that he doesn't hear your prayer and hear your words that are coming out of your mouth. He hears the good and the evil, the Bible says, right? And we have to give account of every word, idle word that we speak. But also, he's going to enact whatever we are saying out of our mouths. And the reason I was telling the reason why he said you're going to receive what you're saying is because that's not going to happen right away. He said you're, he was trying to encourage her, don't give up saying what you're going to say, what you're saying. It's going to happen. We had this one fellow that he was believing for a nice, new, beautiful car. And he, he made a mistake. He said, I want it on a such and such date. And so they were, him and his wife were waiting at home. They go, well, this is the last day. We're waiting, you know, waiting, you know, 11 o'clock. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> 11.30, no answer. Oh, my gosh, did God only have a half hour left. And they kept waiting, and it never happened. And so they just gave up. But then two years later, they were believing for a car again. And the Lord said, well, why did you give up on the first one that you were believing for? Well, it hadn't happened when I wanted it to happen. He goes, it's in process. Keep believing. Don't give up. And so guess what? They, 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 he said, that seed is still there. Just reenact. Just start doing the same thing. And they did. And they got the exact same car that they wanted. Somebody came and was able to give it to them. They said, go out and pick a car that you want, any car that you want. And they picked out exactly same color, same style, everything. So God hears your words, hears the words of your mouth. Do you believe that? I remember one time uh, I was listening to this guy, and uh, he was on the radio, and he said most people have summer slumps. You know, Christians, Catholics, I mean, not Catholics, churches say, uh, well, you know, the summer months are always slow. And so he said, I'm not going to adopt that profession of faith. I'm going to say my summer months are our best months. And he was on the radio, and he kept confessing and saying that. And so he said three um, programs canceled because they didn't have enough money. So the station came and asked him, will you take over their slots, and we'll give you a discounted price? He said, sure, I will. 
He took them up, and the revenue that came from those three spots that were uh, vacant more than made up for everything he had, and it, his summer months were his best month. And so when I went into this church at Neighborhood Christian Fellowship, uh, they said the same thing to me in August. Oh, you know, August is our slow month. We, you know, it's a summer slump. We just have to believe it. I go, no, 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 no. You can't say that. You can't believe that. God is greater than that. I'm saying our summer months are our best months. And lo and behold, people started giving on that, in that August month far and above any other month that we had in that year. How could that possibly be? I don't know. I just spoke it. You know, I like to watch magicians. I don't know how they do their tricks. It's amazing. I go like, how do they do that? And it's almost like with God, when you speak it, Something happens and you, don't, you have nothing to say or do about it. It's just he that does it through you because of your desire and your desire to see something happen. Praise God. So you speak to uh, situations and you'll see them happen. Not, you don't speak uh, uh, to God about your debt, your mountain of debt or your mountain of health problems. You speak to him about what you speak to those mountains of debt. Amen? I remember when I took over this church, they were $130,000 in debt. Well, I had seen God do that with another company that I was with of $120,000. And so I just kept speaking. I'm saying, I know, Lord, you're going to prosper us. You're going to take care of this debt. You're going to handle this situation. Sure enough, in a year's time, all of it was gone. Why? People started doing things, saying, you know, you owe us for this property, but if you can sell my house, I'll forget the debt. Okay. Then one of the people in the congregation said, oh, I would like to buy that house. Okay, well, that's fine. $20,000 erased just like that. I, I don't think you guys realize the power that you have in your mouth, from your heart. If a man believeth, right, all things are possible to him that believeth. I remember... Um, when I had the lymphoma cancer in my, in my throat. And so they said, well, they went, you know, they did all these tests. And they go, well, the only thing we can do is we can, we can cut it out. Well, cut it out. What's that? So, well, make a small incision right here. We take it out. And, uh, you know, hopefully it won't come back. I mean, hopefully. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> says, well, you know, there's a chance I might come back. But I go, is there any danger in this? He goes, well, it gets close to the, the, the larynx and in your, your voice box, but probably we, it won't, we won't touch it. I go, probably? <laughs> what do you mean, probably? <laughs> and the last thing was, is it going to leave a scar? No, no, it's just one about like that, you know. Oh, jeez. So she made the appointment for me. And I was, when I'm going home, I'm going like, Lord, this does not seem to be like what you want it to be. You know, what if she slips? She cuts my larynx, and now I can't talk for however long, maybe forever. I said, I better, I'd rather trust in you. I'd rather believe in you. So I called her back up. I go, oh, just forget about the appointment. I'm going to believe God. She goes, but you have to come. You, you have to, you have to be at that uh, surgery. I go, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have to be, and I'm not going to be. <laughs> you have to come and get me. 
So, so I started believing God. And it says, I said, if I can speak to the mountain, surely this little lump in my throat, I can speak to that and command it to go down. So I kept speaking it over and over. Maggie knows over and over and over. Till finally she says, aren't you done with that yet? <laughs> how, how, how long are you going to be doing this for? I go, until it goes away. And I kept saying to the Lord, Lord, I want to see the day when I can just go like this and not feel the lump. That day is going to come. I just believe it. So I kept saying it and saying it. And, saying it. and here's an amazing thing. I, kept, I was doing this. I had my hand on it, commanding it to go continuously. And then we went to a prayer meeting, and Al Fornis was there. And they were, they were praying for the people. And they said, uh, is there someone here? And he goes, this, he did the same thing I did. Has it like a lump? In, that's me. That's me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes, Lord. And he lays hands on me, and it went away about three quarters of the way. I still had that little bit of lump. I go, okay, I, I, can, I can do the rest of it myself. And then I heard on a tape about how the guy said that when he would pray for people that had tumors, that he could feel the tumor subside right underneath his fingertips. So I said, oh, I can, I can believe that. I can believe that. And all of a sudden, and this, God is my witness, I, I'm in the, the um, doctor's office, and I felt it go down right underneath my finger, just like I heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I jumped up and I go, praise the Lord. So I walked in the doctor's office and I go, check it out. <laughs> And he looked at it, he goes, where did the lump go? I go, I cast it into the sea. <laughs> Whosoever says to this mountain or this tumor or this little thing, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Hallelujah. So he says, you must be some kind of Oral Roberts kind of guy. <laughs> I go, yeah, I, yeah, I am. In fact, if you have any other problems, people have this problem situation, just send them to me. Because you're not helping them any. <laughs> and you've heard about people where they cut things out, and I heard that it spreads, and it gets worse. And I was reading about that, and I said, I am not going to do that, but I'm believing God. And I kept saying it to God. And I was going through all these tests. I was going through the MRI and the, the CAT scan, and I'm laying there and going through this big tunnel thing. I don't know if you've ever done that. Yeah. And I said, anytime, Lord. Anytime. I'm ready. And why, uh, why are you... <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> but God will do according to what you say and what you believe. Last illustration. I was encouraged by Dodie Osteen, John Osteen's mom. She had cancer. She was, her, her body had gone down to 85 pounds. They sent her home. There's nothing we can do for you. And she said, I am just going to believe the word of God. And so she kept confessing and saying over and over, I am healed of this, I'm healed. There's no, no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. I am the righteousness of God. By his stripes, I am healed. She said, if I'm healed, I can do everything that I'm supposed to do. So she didn't lay in bed all day long. She got up, she cooked, she did everything that she was supposed to do. And slowly but surely, God began to give her strength. She had so many things that were wrong with her, she, and she had them listed. There's like 14 things, and every time she had something go right, she'd go, boom. Scratch it off, scratch it off, scratch it off. And she's lived, what, 16, 17 years now? They said she only had two or three weeks to live. Why? 
She kept saying out of her mouth, what is it that you're believing? What is it for your family? Is it for relationships? Is it for situ money situations, health situations? Whatever you're believing God for, he is there to uh, perform that which you, have, which you have spoken. What does it say? That he's, he uh, watches over his word to perform it. So let's bow our heads right now and make this confession that the Lord is with you. And so, Father, I just thank you that those that are here, that they hear the word of God, that they can take uh, authority over their situations. They can be kings and priests to declare things and to make them happen for the glory of God. So I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, quicken their hearts to want to trust and believe in you, to set in motion your word by speaking your word out of their mouths into their situations, speaking to their mountains, causing them to, be, to cease and desist, and that they may have your glory and your promises fulfilled in their life. For this we give you the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, Amen. Amen.